Welcome back to The Practical Scouter. This is Greg, and I'm here once again with Jay and Jeff. And we're going to get into the second half of our conversation about the new age of virtual scouting as we try and contend with COVID-19 and creating pack and troop engagement from our respective homes. I think we should get into a little bit of the the nuts and bolts of these virtual meetings. And one of the things so, – so I'm cheating a little bit here. As we've mentioned before, I'm a roundtable commissioner. And we're preparing right now for our first virtual roundtable meeting. So we've talked about Cubs. We've talked about troops. There's also the leader side of all of this. And I'm trying to put together best practices and things to share with all these other leaders. And one of the things that's so important, and it's after our first meeting, actually during our first meeting, during the texting, um, Jeff, you brought this up, that we didn't lead with a code of conduct. We didn't lead with the expectation. So I'd like to run past you guys what I've aggregated as a code of conduct, not just for the youth, but a code of conduct for the adults as well. And I'd love your feedback on um, if I've got everything covered here and, and if these make sense. And, of course, for anyone listening, you get the benefit of, of hearing us debate this. Well, and for the, so, so, so just for the record, Jay, we've, I haven't heard any of this. Have you no, heard any I'm of this? this? This is cold. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> yep. all right. Just throwing it out feedback there. Feedback is a yeah. gift. Failure is, a gift. is learning. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Positive, positive growth mindset. you got to write okay, that on my right. wall. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm the one who edits the podcast, so if I don't like anything they say, I'm just going to chop it from here. <laughs> so for youth, you know, basic rules and yet things that you do need to explain to the youth. Um, and and l- let me take that back. Things that you need your youth leaders to explain to the other youth. It's all got to be from them. So first and foremost, you stay on mute unless you're supposed to be talking. Some of these sound obvious, but they're not obvious the first, second, third time you have a meeting. What was interesting to me is that we never told our troop this, but they figured it out fairly They were yelling at each other to shut up Mm -hmm. is what they were doing, Okay. right? Yep. The next one I have here, and really this is from observations, is you should take the meeting in an appropriate place. And Jeff, you mentioned when we started here, you know, know, a scout who's, who's on video, who's laying in bed taking the meeting. Inappropriate. Completely yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. I'm on the parents for that. Yes. And it, it, to me personally, that's common sense. My, in my house, you're not allowed, you don't have, you, my, my children are not allowed to have an electronic device in their bedroom. They just aren't. There are going you know? to be parents that said, you want to be talking for the next 45 minutes, you go up to your room and do it. Because yeah. the parents need to do business downstairs or it's their quiet time. So you're going to have to deal with a changed home life situation that may make it you know, a little difficult to follow what are common sense rules, I'll call them. Yeah, and in that case, parents, if you're hearing this, you do not, do not put a camera in your child's bedroom, right? Some creepy predator might see something that is on a shelf in their child's bedroom, and then they say a picture or something they share. That's that's like that's that's how to catch a predator 101 just don't do stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah it's a tough balance because jay's also right you're going to have families that say take that somewhere else or even the child saying it's too noisy out here i need to go somewhere else to have this meeting properly and there have been 
kids on some of our calls where you hear noise going on around them because the family's all there, there's got to be a happy medium. I don't pretend to know the exact answer, but, but in a closed door in your room, laying in your bed, taking a meeting is not the way this needs to be done. Yeah, good, good no. point. But you're right. I mean, that's, a, that's an excellent guidance point, right? Know your, know your environment. Along those same lines, my next note here is to communicate to your family that you are screen sharing. Because you don't need grandpa in his boxer shorts walking behind the camera when you're on a call with your uh, with your friends there. It's important that everyone around you is fully aware of what's going on in front of the screen. Yeah, great yeah. point. It's fantastic. The next one, obviously, is no sharing of inappropriate content. And that's no different than a physical in-person meeting. But the opportunities, I think, are greater in a digital meeting. And, of course, everyone's going to see what's going on. So that's something that, as, as an adult leader, you need to put the kibosh on as soon as it happens, if it happens. Well, we have can, not had an issue well, yet. You can lock down screen sharing from the host standpoint for most of the programs, I believe. Yes, you can. I believe you can. Um, you, you'll still have – you've still got the ability to put these virtual backgrounds on Zoom, which everyone was playing around with right. a little bit, exactly. which is fun. Uh, and, and you know how the youth are. They, they're they good at this stuff. They'll find it. If they really want to share something inappropriate, they'll find a way. Oh, yeah. I'll put my IT professional hat on halfway maybe. If you think for a second that you can't record both the audio and the video, you're out of your mind. And it, you, you can ask people not to, but if someone wants to, they're going to find a way to. And uh, there's probably a... Uh, a youth protection element here about recording audio and video and all these kinds of things. This is, this, this is Jay, we talked offline about what of this is being contemplated. Greg, I don't know if you want to get into that or if you want to continue your, your list, but that's a whole crazy new world that you have to assume, and this is a life lesson, you have to assume that whatever you're doing or saying or typing or emailing or texting, you have to assume that that can make it out into the public domain, right? That's just in general. Maybe that sounds a little paranoid, but I don't think it is. I don't think it's paranoid at all. And, and actually, my list will lead us right into that youth protection discussion. Oh, okay. Great. All right. So, so let's okay. absolutely yeah. get into that because it's it's an important part. As leaders, it's our responsibility to enforce youth protection. That's uh, our number number one responsibility. Before advancement, before engagement, it's protection. Yes. That, that should always be number one. Uh, my last note for youth is, is that this is a scout event, and as a scout event, Class A, you're at a meeting. You're at a legitimate meeting, and the uniform is an integral part of the scouting process. So then I segue a bit into the adults, and what are the adult responsibilities? Because all of that are the, are the responsibility of the youth. For the adults, first and foremost, you're watching that meeting room and making sure that the people who are there should be there. Um, the kids aren't going to notice if there's a name they don't recognize. As an adult, you're responsible for making sure the only folks who have access to dial in here are the people that need to be on that call. That's that's very, very important. That's a great point. Very, That's a great point. Yeah. My next one is just from a youth-led perspective, which is that it's going to get loud. This is more... As we talked before about my personal reaction to the first meeting, it's going to get loud, but let the youth run the meeting. 
they are going to do what they're going to do. Um, and you have to have some form of control, but you have to trust that just like an in-person meeting, the youth are going to get it done. And my last one here, which leads into youth protection, is that too deep leadership still applies. And if you're going to have breakout rooms or games that the kids are playing online, you still need to make sure that youth protection is followed properly and that you've got the appropriate number of trained leaders that are available there to, to watch over what's going on. So that's really my segue into, into youth protection. Is, is there anything on that list of, of how to be careful online and effective that you think I missed? I don't think so, Greg. I think, I mean, those are certainly the broad strokes. There's, there's, we could get into technical, there's a whole platform discussion, right? Everyone, Zoom is very popular, the WebEx, all these, these platforms are very, very popular. Uh, but if you really start, one of the things that I do for a living is uh, enterprise level audiovisual systems. And corporate security people are very, very, very leery of video content, encrypted, uh, who's seeing what, if a customer is doing a product demo, who gets to see that? Is there anything proprietary or not? This is a whole new, it, it, across the board, this is a crazy uh, wild, wild west of, of security. And now we're all jumping on this thing with sensitive content. And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's will be council level or BSA guidance on some of these things and what the legal aspects of it are. But ultimately, as a backstop, the leaders have to be deeply engaged in watching what these guys are doing online. I was on a uh, conference call earlier in the week that had um, a number of SCAT executives on and also a couple of people from the, uh, the national office. And they were pretty specific that, you know, no, no surprise to us, situations like this, structure like this, use of Zoom or WebEx or Google Hangouts or whatever the platform is, wasn't contemplated when BSA developed their uh, social media guidelines, their youth protection guidelines. And there were two specific uh, comments made. One is that from a youth protection standpoint, we should not be recording our meetings. And that caught me a little bit by surprise because I know a number of leaders have been doing that with the best of intentions, and some of them have even been announcing at the beginning that we're recording it. Um, and as you may recall, part A of the um, medical form the BSA medical form, has a talent release. Um, but, but BSA went through that and said, we developed a talent release, had no concept that we were going to be doing these types of meetings. So they have uh, you know, asked, directed that we not record meetings. I spoke to our counsel's uh, general counsel, uh, attorney, and said, is there you know, something that we should do in our council to inform our parents better that would still give us an ability to, with permission, do recording. So he said he would be looking at that. Um, the the second thing is, um, if you're using Zoom as one platform, you're allowed to create rooms and assign people or have people move into those rooms. And again, our youth protection guidelines say too deep leadership, no one-on-one -on -one contact. And we say that that extends to the social media world, but this is not social media. These are running meetings in a virtual setting for an extended period of time. So in fact, National Office said that they would be coming out shortly. So now we're talking uh, first third of April. Uh, so they said by mid-month, 
there should be some specific guidelines. They didn't allude to what they were because they weren't finalized yet, but some specific guidelines of how we should operate uh, in, in this in electronic online environment, recognizing that at some meetings you can have uh, five, six, seven, eight adult registered leaders in your meeting, but a lot of troops and a lot of PACs can barely muster up two adults for a meeting, and that could still be with 15 or 20 kids. So it's part of the reality is how do we manage those and protect everybody in the process. So we should expect to see some guidance coming out soon, and then we'll figure out how to work within that uh, that guidance. And it is easier in a physical setting. And Jeff, as you mentioned earlier, our, our troop meets in a gymnasium. If we split into two or three groups of scouts, the adults that are there can stand at the back of the room and see everything. We don't need to be assigned to individual groups. Digitally, that that's all different. Once you enter one of these meeting rooms, the chat is locked down to just that meeting room, and you you know we, you need to understand what's going on in each place. We we've been lucky enough to have enough adults on that we've been able to split it out to have two adults in each room. But to your point, Jay, that's not always possible. No. Yeah, so it's going it, it, it's going to be a challenge for it, and you know, operating safely, as we said before, is the primary thing that we've got to continue on. In, in these kind of rules, we don't want to short circuit. It's just too important. It is, and to your point about the guidance still coming out, still figuring this out. We are still trying to figure out exactly how it's all going to work. What is the role, Jay, in your in your view, or or other luminaries of your stature, what, what is the view of the chartered organization, chartering organization in this? So I'll give you the official answer, and then I'll give you the real answer. The official answer is that the chartered organization should be overseeing everything that their unit is doing. Uh, technically, they've been hiring, quote-unquote, the, the leaders in the unit, and should be providing some level of supervision, obviously through the chartered organization rep. Um, yes, the official answer, the practical answer is there are uh, a fair number, uh, hazard to say the majority of the chartered partners that have very much uh, laissez-faire attitude, um, that they don't know what's going on at the unit level, and they're comfortable with trusting the unit leaders, but they don't have a hands-on role, uh, such that you sometimes have absentee chartered organization reps. Sometimes they're part of the unit, active as a, an assistant cubmaster, den leader, or an ASM, but lots of times they are not actively involved. So from a uh, safety standpoint, um, I think it's incumbent to us as leaders to make sure we have the rules in place that we can police ourselves um, and not use, uh, again, or use the word advisedly, not use an excuse that say, well, my, my charter partner should have been checking or or, uh, you know, they're, they're supposed to know what's going on because it's practically it doesn't always happen that way. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I wonder what's going to happen when the, you know, you mentioned corporate councils and BSA guidance. I wonder when the lawyers start drafting the language and it just it's going to be interesting to see where this lands, right? As we're talking about this now, all of us want what's best for the scouts and to keep them engaged uh, but a cynical person may predict that the lawyers are going to come down and say, you know what, it's maybe a little bit too risky. So um, they're going to have some pretty stringent rules, and particularly in the climate where we are with the BSA and the 
the bankruptcies and ongoing lawsuits and whatnot. It's going to be uh, that, that's it's got to be part of the discussion. You know, it, it 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 does certainly at the same time. All of us know, and I think the National Council is no different than any of us at the local level. They knew that the reality of how we run our units um, is that you know every leader goes through the same training, same youth protection training, and uh, which is great that it's required, and ninety-eight percent of the time use their best efforts to deliver a safe and healthy program and that the attorneys, I don't know that they're going to come down in a stricter manner um, because everything we're doing at the BSA level, including the bankruptcy, is to ensure the continuation of our program. Everyone's committed up and down the entire system to uh, continuing for the next century and beyond, putting on tight restrictions. Um, it, it, it certainly protects people more, but yeah, I'm not sure it solves the right problem. In, in the Navy, we had a saying that if you want to keep your ships, ships safe, you stay in port. But ships are not made to stay in port. They're made to go out and sail. Mm. And while I don't say that we're, we want to take an acceptable level of risk uh, with our kids, it's more like we want to operate in the safest manner that's, that we can do, practical, and we're adapting to uh, this, uh, you know, the coin, the term brave new world. Yeah. So what you're saying, I can't do a, some sort of virtual bubble wrap around my kid when I send him <laughs> off to virtual camp. Is that what I you're wish saying? that were the case. I tried it. I tried it before. <laughs> it doesn't work. The kids will take it off. <laughs> Creating a safe place to fail is really what it's all about. Isn't it? Let yeah. them, let them stretch and reach and learn and if they fall on their butts, maybe some of that pain resonates back to their brain and they learn something in the process there. Yeah. yeah. You know, Greg, one of the things I'm thinking about with all this virtual meeting 101 stuff, if you're not sure, if you're a scoutmaster, cubmaster, den leader, wherever you are in the, in, the, in the scouting world, if you're not sure about this virtual world, raise your hand. Chances are you're going to have a parent that does know uh, in the IT profession. Uh, just raise your hand there's there's some simple do's and don'ts in terms of IT security and how you use these applications and and uh, it, there's a lot there's a wealth of online uh, help and a lot of opportunity i'm sure your district can help your council can help there's going to be somebody that can help don't don't guess and you know just yeah you know be creative yeah, even ask your scouts right what's the best way to what the best what's in fact greg um uh, your your son, the SPL, he he did a little vote, a poll on what tool to use, right? What collaborative tool to use, mm-hmm. right? And yep. they voted on. They ended up with what Discord as a yes. as a as a chat sharing kind of world, and that's a that's in the that's in the online gaming world. That's a heavy that that's where that comes from, right? The Discord servers. And it's interesting the guidance that recently came mentioned Discord and any other gaming type social atmosphere as something not to use. But for our guys, they're comfortable with it. They know how it works, and it's been working well for them. Um, when we have a, a you know a, a new den meeting, what do you do in the first one or two meetings? You set up a code of conduct, and maybe it's a contract, mm-hmm. and that the kids are the ones that put it together. So if it's appropriate for your virtual meetings for the troop, 
you know, let the kids come up with a code of contact and you as an adult leader can say, well, you know, you ought to add this and that. BSA has a cyber chip program. It's a good program. It's evolving over time. Uh, I think it's now to a series of um, short videos, almost cartoons, uh, as a way of learning. But, you know, it's a, it's a good time to renew it if the kids haven't looked at it recently and have the parents that probably don't remember looking at it, have them look at it too. Just a reminder. And, and you know, Jay, shame on us for going this long on this topic without mentioning cyberchip because really every youth who's participating in an online meeting should have an active cyberchip. And that's something we're trying to get going in our troop and make sure everyone has that um, that I dotted and that T crossed. But that, that should be one of the first things you do when you start your digital meetings is making sure everyone's got that layer of protection. Yeah, excellent point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... yeah absolutely. And, and cyberbullying, it's a – some people laugh at that phrase, right? Oh, you're not going to get cyberbullied. Just turn it off. Well, you know what? It, it's – your head's in the sand if you don't think that that's a real thing. It, it, it really is a real thing. And as scout leaders, you, you, in a face-to-face meeting, you would never let a scout be pushed to the side and not be included in the, the actual meeting activities, right? In fact, you'd probably go out of your way to make sure that the scout that's a little, sh- a little more shy, a little shyer, I don't know what the grammar is there, but you, you'd want to make sure that they're pulled into the meeting. You want to say, and you want to coach your SPL to make sure that that everyone has a, a voice in the meeting. And that's maybe more uh, relevant in the virtual world because you can get drowned out easily with a dynamic kid on the video and the and the chat or the playing the game and things like that. So that's a whole that's a whole different that that that's probably more relevant in the virtual world. Did you just you you truly get drowned out by the noise in the games and the chats and the, the, all the, the frenzy of the online activity because it just moves that much faster. That is such a good point. You know, you will see when you watch some of these meetings, the kids who are talking constantly and the kids who barely get a word in. And you're right, they can, they can fall back. Uh, one of the things I've been collecting are notes from other scout leaders across our district to get just ideas of how their meetings are going. And one of the lines that I, I, I really resonated with me, this is from one of our, our fellow Scoutmasters. I think the biggest challenge with the virtual format will be the need for a clear agenda and strong virtual leadership from the Scouts. And that phrase of strong virtual leadership, which is a brand new concept for us, I think is so important and needs to be defined, but it's about the scouts who are running the program, making sure, just like they would to your point in person, making sure that everyone's included, everyone feels relevant, and that it truly is a a troop mentality and a group a group mentality. And you know what? I think I think that is we might need to come up. You know, Jay, this is. This is your world, uh, you, you know, with your peers at the council level. There should be a training out there, leadership in the virtual world. Not virtual leadership, but leadership in the virtual space, right? What does that mean? How do you manage a conference call? How do you manage a video chat? How do you ensure equal time? There should be a little workshop. There should be something online somewhere 
that says, okay, here's tips, tricks, and techniques on how to manage this stuff for both youth and for leaders. Yeah. So Jeff, Jay was just writing that down, and you know what he wrote down was University of Scouting Digital Leadership Class, Jeffrey Jorgensen instructor. <laughs> Yeah, I yep. think I'm, I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm sick that day. Yeah, I think so. I, no, I, 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 I'm traveling that day. Wait, no, we can't do that anymore. I'll, re- I'll um, reschedule this for um, you. When, when are you free? <laughs> <laughs> all, all my go-to excuses are gone. I, I can't travel to get out of a meeting anymore. I, I, I tell know, you, it's, <laughs> it, but it's. I did write it down um, for a topic, but it, it's it's interesting. But it almost suggests at the unit level that the adult leaders need a game plan of monitoring the process because we all know by experience of how to monitor an in-person meeting or we learn. Here, we're starting from scratch. And if we're all listening to the one scout who's talking and not paying attention to the other scouts that are not talking and or goofing off or texting to each other or chatting, depending on the program, then it's easy to lose control of the meeting um, and you don't get a, you don't accomplish what you want. So that leader's commentary about having an agenda and sticking to it with the strong leadership becomes so much more important. And I, I think that's probably one of your topics, uh, one of your bullet points to cover to say, you know, you need an agenda, you need to stick with it. And who's ever running the meeting, SPL or, or a den chief or den leader, needs to stay on top of it. Well, and so for, for a lot of us, this is professionally we do this stuff all the time i'm on video some version of video something three or four times a day in a normal business context right and you professionally you sort of know the running rules and you you know the agendas and there you can bounce through that but the you know the the, the scouts don't necessarily know that right and so a, a lot of this is is retraining everybody and a lot of leaders don't do this kind of stuff every day i would say though you know jay you made the very interesting comment about the fact that in person, you know, the leaders know what to look for. As new leaders, we learn what to look for from the experienced leaders who've been there already. So there's this this learning curve. And in this particular situation, we're all being hit with this new environment all at once. There's no one to learn from. Whereas a normal leadership progression, you, you train. So, uh, you know... Just, just so many new things, and, and it really takes us back to a comment, Jeff, that you made 10, 15 minutes ago, which is that if you don't know what's going on or what to do from a technology perspective, ask the parents and also ask your fellow leaders. We, we are very lucky in our district. We have a wonderful communication um, set up. We all talk to each other, and we have leaders we can lean on if we have questions, and that's how we use Roundtable. But hopefully for anyone listening here, you've also got that kind of support system where you've got other leadership you can go to and say, hey, how did your troop meeting go? How did your PAC meeting go? Because we we tried this and it didn't work all that well. Or we're afraid to even dip our toe in the water, which I think that's still happening with troops and PACs afraid to try. Yes, right. Yeah. And, and if you don't have that resource, hell, ask us, right? Sure. Send us a note. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm not sure I told you guys this yet, but we have an email address now. So if you send an email to thepracticalscouter at gmail.com, give us suggestions, 
you know, uh, we're going to start playing kind of Survivor, you know, which one of us should go, that kind of thing. So, you know, any comments or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So, so I vote myself off the island first. Can you do that? Can you vote yourself off the island? No, I don't, think you, can, I don't think you can. No. Oh, you can't. No, right. no, can't do that. <laughs> so who monitors that email? Is that you, Greg? Oh, that, it's all me. Okay, good. Hood? I, I monitor the email, I edit the podcast, I control the horizontal and the vertical. Excellent. Well, that's why you get the, that's why you get the big exactly, check, Greg. Exactly. That's, that's, you know. You're going to pay me what? in popcorn? Hey, Jay, yeah. Jay, <laughs> Jay, I make a motion to double Greg's salary. Okay, I second the motion. Okay. Hey. All right, Greg, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs>